In our last episode on bike racing, we covered a lot of ground on whether bike racing or even competition in general is important, or at least something worthwhile to participate in and or be a fan of. The subject of cheating was a central theme in that discussion, as the very idea of cheating is anathema to people, or at least everyone says that, but some seem to be willing to do it anyway. Our conclusion was that, yes, uh, cheating really sullies the whole bike racing experience for the participants and fans, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't still be in love with it. But what about just riding for fun? Can you really be cheating if it's just a fun ride? Sunday morning road rides with clubs can get pretty competitive, and when the subject of e-bikes comes up, lots of Sunday morning wannabes whine about how it's cheating and those jerks better not show up on their ride. So let's just settle this once and for all. Can you cheat at something if it's not a competition? Welcome to another episode of Bicycles to the Rescue, the podcast that explores all the ways that bicycles are a simple solution to many of the world's problems. Joined uh, joined as we are always by Kevin Ang here in the Bicycles to the Rescue podcasting lair. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Brendan. Uh, before I, we get started, I just want to remind everyone that Bicycles to the Rescue is brought to you by the Cyclecraft Cycling Center, located, located on Route 46 in Parsippany, New Jersey, and all around the world at cyclecraft.com. Uh, today we also have our guest, uh, our guest coach Brian Larver, who knows a thing or two about competing on on his bikes. Uh, so, uh, hey, Brian. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming back again. I know that uh, we, we we like having you here because because you're our our guru on all things racing and training. Uh, so definitely a big plus to have you here with us because we're kind of stupid about this stuff. Uh, we we sell bikes, but we're not uh, we're not so up to speed on the whole uh, racing and. And, uh, and you know how I feel about cheating and stuff. Um, so <laughs> we, work, we work well together. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, and, and this is the thing I, let's talk about e-bikes, right? E-bikes from my perspective are a great way for people who are not in the best of shape to enjoy cycling in a way that makes it enjoyable right from the get go. And as anybody who's ever gotten onto a bike and thought about, you know, Hey, it would be cool to like ride a bike a hundred miles or race or whatever. And they get all excited and they get on a bike and, you know, and they're out of shape and they haven't ridden or run or done anything in a really long time. And the first time they go out on a bike ride, and it's like, oh, my God, this is really hard. Uh, and a lot of people give up before they even really get started. Uh, you know, anyone who's done this for any amount of time knows that if you're going to be uh, riding a bike for any kind of distance, it takes a good two to three, four weeks before you really feel actually good uh, about doing a, uh, anything more than a, an around-the-block kind of a ride. Um, but I like e-bikes because it makes bike riding uh, fun right from the get-go. Uh, and they come in every style imaginable. And I personally will freely admit to having an e-bike that I use for commuting, and I absolutely love it. Uh, but maybe I'm uh, alone in that. Uh, Brian, how do you feel about e-bikes? I think they're great, from as you just explained, from an accessibility standpoint and, and opening up the world to, to cycling to people. I certainly would not. I'd be bummed if somebody limited themselves. Like, in other words, if they had the ability and the time and the drive to improve physically, and but instead they just kind of relied on the assist part of the e-bike and never progressed in that sense. But you know what? I mean, who, who's to judge if, if that puts a smile on your face? And I know my experience with it, and one in particular that comes to mind is an individual that I coach, and he's a very talented uh recreational but masters rider and his wife loves to ride as well and then and she has an e-bike and he can go on his you know super fast race-ish type bike and and they can go go ride together and and, and, and they can both have a good time right 
we'll have a great time. Because I, I know yep. that uh, from from long past experience, I know that uh, you know couples or you know who have disparate ability level. Uh, in the old days, if you know if if you took someone who's not a uh, you know super hardcore cyclist and put them on a road bike and then made them ride with somebody who is a super hardcore cyclist, one of those people is going to have a terrible time. <laughs> whether it could be that, you know, the experienced person is going to be pissed off at having to wait for the slow person or the slow person is going to be pissed off at the fast person because they're always, you know, they're killing themselves trying to keep up and just can't do it. Um, so that, uh, that, that, that creates, uh, that's broken up more couples uh, over time that I've seen than you would uh, probably realize. Um, Kevin, have you ever ridden any bike? You've ridden any bikes, right? Uh, not for any extended period of time, just for like, uh, you know, quick spins around a parking lot. But uh, I certainly see the um, the the draw of them, and I see what people what what inspires people to want to get want to have one. Um, I think first of the people like you, Brendan, who use it purely as a form of transportation. Um, in the, in that having a motor and having that extra assist will, uh, will sort of be that thing that pushes them over the edge to, to you not use their car to ride a short distance to work or ride the short distance to go to the supermarket or to run errands around town. I mean, if that's the thing that's gonna, that's gonna get them over that edge and start to consider a different alternative, then great. I'm all for that. And what? that for that type of use case. Um, and I think to me, that's the, that's the biggest one for me that I, I think can really, uh, or why I think that e-bikes are important and why I think they're really something we need to think about, um, getting more people on, um, just as a way to, to show them that there's another way to, you know, go through your life without having to jump in your car to go three miles. All right. Well, so, and, and this is kind of the industry line that you're, that you're throwing out for us. And, and I get that. And I will say that using my e-bike to go is the decider for me, right? Cause you know, I, and I will admit to this, although, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty good bike rider and I've been doing it for a long time, but after blowing my back out, you know, a couple of years ago, I mean, I have, I have a back injury that, that, that vexes me to this day, being able to ride my bike with the motor, Coming down to work is no problem, but getting home is the thing that would stymie me and be, because doing that distance, you know, in a day was hard for me. But having the motor makes it possible for me to do that. Right. But let me say this. So there are other bikes, you know, you can get a lightweight carbon road bike, performance bike that has a little motor on it. And that's not really a commuting bike. That's for someone who's going to go out and ride that as a sport bike. Uh, and I don't know if you guys have heard this, uh, you know, mentioned to people, but you know, there, there, are, there are people that will on a group ride, they won't let you be on the group ride if you have a motor assist bike and they say it's cheating. So is the question is having a motor on your bike cheating on a recreational ride? I don't think so because I think on a, on a group social ride, there's nothing to win. So if you can't win anything, you can't possibly cheat. Um, I mean, there are definitely some clubs around here you haven't ridden with on a Sunday morning. True. Yeah, I guess. And, 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 and my, perhaps my, perhaps my vision as a, as a group ride leader and as, as an experienced group ride leader of what I want a group ride to be, perhaps that's not the type of ride that I want. I know I, I certainly understand that there are certain, uh, certain group ride leaders who want to provide a different experience and that's up to them to decide. I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to define what a group ride is for everyone because it's different for everyone. Um, but I think to, in, to, uh, 
to maybe, sh I guess, to maybe like sort of sarcastic or like underhandedly shame someone for not putting in the same amount of effort on a ride, on a social ride that's for fun that ultimately you that nobody gets to win anything at the end. I don't, I don't think that that's, well, I, right, I don't well, think that that's, that's the right thing to do. And I think that's being pretty snobby. Quite so, honestly. so, all right. So, but let's say, but it's a trainer, right? So Brian, and I know you've been on this group and, and you once told me, don't go on that ride. You will not enjoy it. And that was that, uh, you know, that, that Saturday morning ride that was going out of Morristown. I think you know which one I'm talking about where all the, all the hot shot uh, <laughs> racers, uh, are, I mean, and these guys are insane. I mean, half of these guys, you know, are, are, you know, current or former pro racers, you know, imagine if I showed up on my, uh, my super six Evo e-bike, uh, Brian, do you think those guys will let me ride with them? You know what? I, I had never thought of that about it in this capacity until you invited me to be on this podcast and whether it would bother me or not. And as a, a former group ride leader, now I led my group ride about 15 years ago and we did it for several years and it was every single Wednesday. But I, I look back now and from a pure semantical standpoint, that was a training ride. There was a group of us that got together and we just all happened to be racers. So it's very easy to have that same mindset when you're all racers. And what really mattered was coming up on either Saturday or Sunday, not that Wednesday. And we saw it as an opportunity to get better and get faster. And so while, th and this is all pre uh, Strava, there was KOMs, there was time sections, if you will, you know, short sections where you could test yourself and go as hard or as easy as you wanted to, but you know, you needed to stay with the group, but we also never dropped anybody that was, and so that was a part of our deal. And that's kind of how, that's how I was brought up even, you know, prior to me leading the group rides was, um, the, a training ride doesn't drop anybody and it doesn't mean just non-drop. Like you got to know yourself, you got to belong on the ride and, and all, likewise you don't get dropped though. And you didn't try to drop people. That's, that's one of the things that frustrates me as a coach when people come to me and they talk about, I mean, one, one was a ride leader and he's like, everybody on my, my ride drops me and like drops them for dead, like gone, <laughs> they're, they're gone. <laughs> now part of that is with, with everything being mapped, they upload the rides ahead of time. So people know the route. So that's, that's a whole nother discussion <laughs> right there. But honestly, like those guys that for that ride that you're talking about, I don't know if it exists anymore. I loved going on that ride. And the reason I loved going on that ride was, was riding with some of those guys was like riding with um, a mortal on an e-bike because I got such a good training. I went harder in, on some of those rides than I did in some races. And the reason was, you know, you have less at risk in terms of if, if you get popped or so you get popped, I knew where I was. I was going to get myself home. Fortunately, that that didn't happen. But I put myself into such a, a dark place from from a very good standpoint from training that like me right now. And again, I think this is because I race and I'm not saying it's better or worse. It just is a fact. I think because I race and as Kevin was saying, there's no prize for me on a Wednesday night world's. I would love it if an e-bike showed up. I'd be like, this is awesome. They can get to the front and freaking drill it through the swamp at 500 watts for, for 10 minutes. Right. And well, we'll and be strung out behind it. This is going to be so cool. The yeah. race that's coming up next weekend is going to feel like it's going to be easy, but I'm going to be like, yeah, man, I got free motor pacing on right, Wednesday right. night. You know? <laughs> so, so that's but a, for a lot of people, there is, there is a prize. Because the group rides are what they do. And so there is a prize and they would get upset. They would get upset that somebody took the Strava KOM section on an e-bike. Right. Well, and, 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 and there, and there is, well, okay. So, but, but there are, there is e-bike category in Strava, right? I mean, if you're being, you know, if you want to show up on that ride, 
you know, you you have registered yourself as an e-bike rider, so that you know, uh, I did you, not know that. yeah, they they've got your, that now. Your uh, your your results are separate. Yeah, because I mean, they're they're yeah, there were dudes that roll out there on like a you know on, on an e-bike. You know, they they've got a a, a, a seven hundred and fifty watt motor. <laughs> you know that that could propel them at twenty eight miles an hour up a fifteen percent grade. <laughs> you know, they would they would be coming out with KOMs all over the place. So that you know they yeah. had to put a kibosh on that. Um, but but just from a you know from a social standpoint, you know, imagine that. And and again, so one of the one of the arguments that that some of the clubs. Uh, some of the touring clubs will not allow an e-bike on some of their rides is because they think that, and, and maybe rightly so, uh, and I'll, I'll get down a, a little rabbit hole here, they're, they're worried that someone who has no handling skill, someone who doesn't know how to ride in the group is going to be a danger to everybody else because they can zip along at 22 miles an hour uh, you know, on a section that everyone else is working for and they're going to overlap wheels or they're going to, you know, they don't know how to pull or they, you know, they don't know how to, you know, they don't have drop off the front of a pace, for example, you know, so there's that, that aspect of it. But I, I worry about that in any group, ride. I don't care if you have a motor or not. If you're, you know, if you're a tuna, you're a tuna and you need to be on a training, you know, like a ride that's more suitable for, for your skill level. Um, but let's say that, you know, that I'm an old guy and I love riding in a group and I have the skill uh, I just don't have the juice I had anymore, and I want to participate in that style of ride. Um, you know, should I be excluded from a ride that, of 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 guys that don't have motors on their bikes? No, Kevin. No, not unless it's some not unless it's some sort of uh, exclusive group, and I'm okay with that. You know, if if X Y Z Cycling Club says this is for our members only, and it, it's it's a non e bike ride. That I'm fine with that if they want to make that rule, 100% fine with that. But if it's a local area group ride and anybody can show up as long as it's not a, a time trial triathlon bike, you know, because mm-hmm. that, I that one I disagree with. I think some people, honestly, there are some people who are skilled enough to, to do it, but that's a mistake. No, that's a skill right there. Then e-bike, bring it. Okay. Um, I would agree. I mean, I, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty – I'm pretty democratic when it comes to, you know, kind of letting everyone experience cycling in their own way. Um, and I think if they can do it and, you know, you mentioned the issue of safety, if they can, if they can do it safely and if they're responsible and they can, they can gel with the group and they can have a good time and they cannot make anybody feel unsafe or not put anybody at risk. Great. I'd love to have you on my ride. Um, but again, as you mentioned, if that person is an, is an inexperienced cyclist who now is able to ride 25 miles an hour but is not prepared for that from a skills perspective is going to put other people at risk, that's a different story. But I think if it's if that, again, I think this is the power of e-bikes, if that motor is the thing that's going to unlock an experience that they would otherwise not be able to have, I'm all for it. Okay. I, I like that answer along those lines in terms of a negative that I, I thought of would just be, again, th- this just takes a, a ride leader who sets a, a very, very clear expectation for what that ride is going to be. And I hate to say rules, but you know what? I mean, once groups get involved there, there does need to be some sort of rules, especially when safety is involved here, oh, but yeah. this is from a enjoyment standpoint, you can't blow up the ride. Correct. You can't get to the front. 
and drill it. And so the, the whatever percentage, smaller percentage of this group ride that was supposed to all ride together can now stay with the e-bike and they got a smile on their face because they're getting their, their, their jollies, but everybody else is now decimated off the back of that ride. No, that's not cool. Right. It's definitely not. And I, and I think that, follow. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you got to follow the rules. Same as if a, you know, a, a local pro showed up on a B-level ride, you don't get to the front and blow it up. And and they, they know better than that. Right. I was just going to say the same thing. I, I think that the, if we're going to, if we're going to make the, or allow, you know, people on an e-bike to show up for a social group ride, um, we shouldn't treat them any differently. They're still they're The rules still apply to them in the same way. Um, you know, if they're, if they're not going to gel with the group, then you're not welcome. That would be the same would apply in a person not on a motorized bike. If they're not gelling with the group, then, then I don't think it, then you should show up for the ride. And that's, that's true for anyone, not just e- or e-bike or not e-bike. So th- this is a, uh, an, another area. And we've talked about this before about how the industry, you know, deals with, uh, you know, different types of bikes and riders. So one of the things that, that drives me crazy about the bike industry, but guys in bike shops, e-bikes have been around, you know, there, there have been decent e-bikes for a good you know, 10, 11 years now. And, and I even took a chance on e-bikes about six or seven years ago. And I lost my shirt because the the people in the store, you know, because the, you know the people, the super enthusiasts working in stores are bike snobs, and they and they and they all have this mindset that you know that e bikes are are not legitimate and you're cheating, blah blah blah, and and so that's been a a, a, a holdback. Now the internet is crushing it with e bikes, and bike stores are struggling to sell e bikes because they they still have that cultural. Uh, thing in their, you know, in their mindset that e-bikes are, are not for real, quote unquote, real cyclists. Right. Um, but that's, uh, you know, that, that's a thing that, that, that troubles me. So, you know, if, uh, Brian, if you see someone out there shaming someone on, on an e-bike, I mean, you know, what, what do you, what do you think you want to say to them? Yeah, I, I don't think it's cool. Now I will say as a, as a coach and, a, and as an individual that tries to help people to, head towards their potential and whatever potential they actually want to head towards. Uh, I, I would encourage if they are physically able to, and they're not using it from a commuting standpoint to get a pedal bike, just a regular old pedal bike. However, I wouldn't shame somebody because it, the way I see it is from a selfish standpoint, it's another person on a bike and it's another person out there on the world, not only from an environmental standpoint, but from a love of my sport and the more people we can put on bicycles, on two wheels and out of four wheels, the better, the better we can do. But just coincidentally, just last week, I had a young lady who I helped uh, do some mountain bike skills last year and she said, Hey, I'm looking to buy a new bike. And she sent me a couple models and I said, Oh, you know, those are both cool. And then out of the blue through a week later, she said, um, well, here, my, what do you think about this? My fiance thinks I should get an e-bike because that way I can go faster and further, you know, and she's, she's young. She's like 26. She's able. And she certainly has far to go in terms of her, her athletic ability. You know, she, I'm not saying she needs to aspire to race or anything like that. So, and I tried to be very tactful with maybe a slight kind of, uh, lean towards a regular pedal bike that I don't know if that's something you necessarily need right now. And I look, I, t- I went with the approach of if you want to go faster and further right now, then go ahead get the e-bike. That's, that's fine. That's good. But if you want to progress and improve your fitness, if that's part of your reason for get, getting a bicycle, then don't get the e-bike. So what, one of my questions on that though, was, was her boyfriend, you know, w- was he doing that out of a selfish 
point or place because he wanted her to be able to keep up with him. Without. I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> well, I, I, believe me, I, <laughs> I self-edited my email. <laughs> All right. Was, actually, fiance, fiance. Fiance. So I wanna, okay. I like, you know what? I don't want to rock the boat on this situation here and dime this. I think I can read between the lines for what I see going on. Here. All right. And it, can I just want to make a disclaimer here and I'm going to throw this out. I've been, I've been selling bicycles for 26, 27 years now. And I'm going to say this, anyone listening to this who is a hardcore cyclist and you want to get your significant other into riding bikes, uh, let them do the shopping for the bike because I have actually seen, uh, situations where couples broke up over cycling because the hardcore partner came in and did all of the talking to the salesperson and the salesperson did what the hardcore person wanted and the non-hardcore person wound up being pissed off and unhappy every time they went to ride bikes. So, uh, you know, so not, nothing will break up your uh, your relationship faster than picking a bike out for somebody else that uh, that is not matching up with their desires and wants. <laughs> so that, I that, read. Yeah. I remember reading in Dirt Rag magazine in the '90s, and it was it was mistake number one. If you just start dating a, a new girl, do not, and she's not a cyclist, do not encourage her to go on a bike ride with you or buy her a bicycle or yeah. any of that stuff. She's got to want to do it, and it's got to get there. And then eventually, if that individual wants to go on a bike ride with you, don't put your race kit on, wear your baggy shorts, yep. and just tool around and just have a good time and let them dictate the nature of the ride and not the other, other I, way around. I, I, I've had couples in the store where I literally have to send the, the you know, the, the man and usually, and, and let's face it, I, let, let's, let's own up to it. It's usually the man being a jerk and is coming in and speaking for the, and that drives me crazy. I'm, I'm all about the equality. And, and when the man comes in and is, I, I will ask the woman, a specific question and the man answers for her, I'll look him dead in the eye and say, you know what? I think I really need to have this conversation with her. Would you mind, you know, stepping over there and looking at the other bikes? You know, I, I mean, I, I've had that conversation more than once with people and, and, uh, and I usually get the, the silent, thank you for doing that because he's driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, good time. So, so e-bikes. So, all you couples out there, if your if your spouse wants an e-bike in order to be uh, more, uh, you know, more equal on a b- bike ride, go ahead and say yes to that. And please do not push your agenda on the other person. <laughs> it never works. <laughs> oh, good times. All right. Well, I, I so our our feelings on e-bikes is that uh, we can vote now. E-bikes, they're not cheating, or they are cheating. Are we talking about for a race? Or are we talking about for <laughs> we're talking we're talking about we're talking about for people who want to ride bikes? There we are not in, you know like not all bike riding is a competition. This is a hard thing for for people who are extremely competitive to to right. own up to. Not every bike ride is a competition, right? Agreed, agreed. So bike e bikes not cheating. Okay, Kevin, e bikes yeah. not cheating. I would say it's it's not cheating. Um, and again, my, I think my my overarching um, my overarching view on them is that. The, the the motor and the assist could be a way to unlock an experience that you might otherwise not be able to have, and that's right. and I think that's my that's my that's my marketing line that's that good. I'm going with. So now so I so that now I can feel better about my e bike and I and I don't feel shame anymore. I didn't before anyway because I don't really give a crap what people think about me and the bikes that I ride. <laughs> but uh, that's all good. All right. So, so I, I have I, one. I just have one hypothetical question that I think maybe you you both would maybe be able to you know kind of give a good answer on so the one of the examples that that i read a little while ago was that um you know in in, and this is when e-road bikes started to come out and people were like well what the heck are those for those seem you know 
those seem kind of a silly idea. And one of the, one of the, um, one of the, the situations or, or stories that was brought up was that this, um, it was, maybe it wasn't, you know, nonspecific, but this, uh, you know, an older person wants to, wants to ride to the top of Mambon 2 for the experience. It's something, you know, they've been a lifelong cycling fan. It's something I've always dreamed of, but they've either never had the time to train. They've never had the opportunity to do it. And now they have the opportunity, but they don't have the fitness, but they want to do the experience anyway. And if an e-bike would allow them to do it, would that be okay? And I thought, yeah, absolutely. That would be a great idea. I mean, that's a, that's, I mean, if, if you think in your own mind, I mean, that's a way to fulfill that dream and that's going to allow you to do it. That's absolutely fine. And I'm just curious in that situation, you know, as a sort of a, a compartmentalization of the, of that idea, you know, would you think that that would be a legitimate, uh, a legitimate accomplishment or not? Brian, I'll let you go first on that one. Oh, it's a hundred percent legitimate accomplishment. And I don't, in, in my opinion, like it's someone saying they did something, you know, it's kind of like if, if, uh, if somebody else had a problem with that, it's kind of like the kid at the, at the fourth grade lunch table saying my science project was better than yours. Like who cares? Who cares? Yeah. I'll look back and be like, who cares? You know, I rode to the top of mom too, but you had an e-bike. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? So you rode to the top of mom too. That's something not many people get to do. Yeah. Let them be psyched with themselves that they yeah. rode to the top of mom too. Like that's great. And, and that, 100, 100% agree. And Kevin, that, that old guy, that may actually be me at some point because at some point <laughs> I'm going to get cat is going to get on an airplane with me. It's going to be when I'm 75 and I'm going to want to ride a bike in Europe. And I'm pretty sure the only way I'm going to be able to do it is with a little bit of motor assist. So I'm, I'm, I'm all for that scenario. Oh, good times. Well, I, I think that about wraps it up for the e-bikes. We can all agree that they are not cheating and that they are a valid bicycle and people should get on them. So I think, uh, I, I like how that went. I, I think that was, uh, that was pretty good. So uh, thanks for playing along, Brian. And if you would not mind, tell us again, how can we get in touch with you and find out how we can be in the best shape of our lives? Yeah, absolutely. And this is for pedals or pedal assist or whatever type of bicycle you got. I can, I can help you out. And not just for racers. I, I coach plenty of non-racers as well. So you can look me up on, on the web, bglcoaching.com, or contact me at bjlcoaching at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. All right, fantastic. Kevin, why don't you take us out? All right. Bicycles to the Rescue is written and produced by Kevin Eng and Brendan Poe for Dog on a Bike Media and brought to you by the generous support of the CycleCraft Cycling Center located on Route 46 in Parsippany, New Jersey, and all around the world at CycleCraft.com. All right, everybody, thanks for checking in with us. And if you do want to get in touch with us or have any commentary at all, please send me an email at brendan at CycleCraft.com. That's B-R-E-N-D-A-N at CycleCraft.com. We would love to hear your feedback, and we'll see you next time on Bicycles to the Rescue.